Hello, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here in Austin, Texas with Slenderella, and today's guest is going to blow your mind. She's Superwoman, and this is quite honestly the first episode I have ever heard the boys so quiet, but before we get into it... The How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Okay, so today's guest is Whitney Miller. She is former Miss United States. She is a badass at fighting. We talked about her mixed martial arts experience. And now she is a love, sex, and relationship coach. She is not even 30 yet. And (laughs) she really has kind of done it all and continues to find more things to learn I was super inspired talking to her. It's really, really cool to know that someone can wear so many hats. And uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know who I am. I try to wear as many hats as possible too. So (laughs) I'm going to let her take this one. And she kind of describes what it's like to be a coach in this field and her own story and how she even got to this. But here is Whitney Miller on the How Do You Health podcast. Awesome. Welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. Today is episode 70. I'm so excited about that. We're almost to 100. But today um, we have Whitney Miller. She is former Miss United States. What year was that? 2012. 2012. I handed my crown over in 2013. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, She's also a sports broadcaster. And Mm -hmm. now she's uh, her big thing right now is love, sex, and relationship coaching. And she's a fellow Texan just like ours so uh, so I used to go to Corpus all the time for tennis tournaments yeah yeah when I was growing up in high school so I love that place and of course we got Nurse Doza and we're going to talk some vitamins we're going to talk some relationships and sex and love because I think that's the first time we're going to address that subject other than the fact that we 
you know, touch base on it every once in a while. But and who doesn't love to talk about love, sex, and relationships? I know, right? So let's do this. Well, we need to remove the stigma about it, right? I think there's still a taboo. Oh, there's a huge taboo. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what is the most important thing is really creating this. Look, we're all either in a relationship, wanting to figure out how to be in a relationship, or trying to get out of one. Yeah. You know, and so it's like. The fact that we cannot talk about something that we're all doing in a very open way when it comes to relationships and love and sex and whatever way you decide to do that is mind-blowing. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, trust me. It's, uh, it's being open about what kind of motivates you, I think, is still like a taboo thing, right? Even people who have been married 20, 30 years will probably still like, yeah, you know, I wish I could go do this in the bedroom with my significant other. But they never talk about it. Right. Right? I don't know. Are they embarrassed? Is that what it is? Um, I think there's I think it's like a combination of things, you know. I think just in our society, it's not okay to talk about what you want to do. And it's also for the longest time, I mean, female sexuality is just now becoming something that people are talking about. And there's brand new research coming out on sexual desire and female um desire is actually the same, if not higher than men's. And monogamy is seemingly more challenging for women than it is for men and that's something that exactly that's okay. something that you get like a reaction of like holy shit what are you talking about right and but <laughs> no one's like really talking about it plus it goes against everything that we've ever learned and ever been programmed and so that's why i feel like no one's talking about it yeah well years and years of like almost the approach that if you show something above the ankle yeah. Right? Or and then the skirts were getting a little higher and then it was above the knee. Yeah. And like that was that was risque, right? I mean, women empowerment tells you like speak up and and be uh and be that voice, you know, say what you want to. And I think for most men nowadays still, I think it's almost um it's off-putting, right? Guys get intimidated by women who have that strength to be able to like talk openly about it. I think it intimidates them. I've had a guy we know a guy who basically said, like, he was in a relationship, that the female was open to a lot of things, and he wasn't. Mm. You know? Which is such a bummer, because, like, if you just opened yourself up to having a conversation, like, your sex life in a relationship can be so much fun. Yeah. Like, even sitting down and having a five-minute conversation about what you like or don't like or what you want to try can, like, expand the boundaries of your entire sex life, which in turn makes you a happier person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, I'm, I'm so curious about what even like relationship and sex coaching looks like. Sure. Like how, how does someone even think, oh my gosh, I need to work with someone like you to just help open me up even. Like a lot of it is just, people don't want to talk about their food. How do you get them to talk about what they're doing in the bedroom? You know? Right. Well, I think it's because they don't feel, they want to, they want something to change in their relationship and they don't know how to, one, start the conversation or what to say or really they don't even know what they want to change, but they know that they want something to change. Um, and so mine kind of started out in the realm of unconventional relationships and how you healthily make a transition into an unconventional relationship, whether that be open or poly or, you know, fill in the blank. And... You know, I've been on my own journey of that for five years, and so I've been through, like, all of the crazy shit and drama that comes up with it, and so I can talk to somebody and be like, hey, by the way, there's a big-ass pothole ahead, like, just be aware. You can go around it if you do this, this, and this. Um, and so I think it's just, like, them 
one of the things that I hear all the time is I feel alone. Like I, I go to my friends and family's house and I feel like no one understands me and I can't talk to anybody because they don't want, they won't understand. And so I've honestly, a lot of the times people just want somebody that they can talk to that's going to understand them and not judge them yeah. for how they choose to live their life. Yeah. And I think that the, one of the things I do applaud you for is, is to making it easy to talk about it because, you know, the one other subject that is almost like taboo that we deal with a lot is with mental health. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, now it's coming to like making it comfortable for people to want to talk about it because that's where it all starts, right? Like if you start to talk about it, then then all these doors can open, right? right. How do you make it fun? How do you make it fun to to spread that message? It's it, it's something that I have to do. I don't really have a choice, right? Because for me, my number one thing is I want to be here to inspire people, and I want to do it as authentically as possible. And so in order for me to spread a message, I have to really actually believe it. Um, and that's what makes it fun. Because I just like, I, I'm myself. And if you yeah. don't want, if you don't like it, that's totally fine. It's cool. Or if you like it, great, whatever. Um, it's just me being me. And I think that in turn makes a, most people the happiest is if they can really feel comfortable within their own skin and, and be happy with the decisions that they make for their lives. Yeah, that's awesome. So when somebody approaches you and they're like, I mean, how do you even get referrals? Like how, how does it do just, is it like Instagram? They just DM me con Like I get, I get messages and messages of people spilling their life to me on the first message. Yeah. Like I, I got mean, this like going novels. on. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, please help me. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing or this happened and I don't know how to handle this or I want to talk to my boyfriend, but I don't know how to say this or I want to talk to my girlfriend and I don't know how, you know, and it's just like. I think people are really wanting to have this conversation yeah. and they don't feel safe doing it. And so finally they see someone like me who is, I mean, I put my shit out there, you know, and it's not, I don't really hide much at all. Yeah. And so I think they see that and think like, okay, this is a safe person to go to. And they just hit me up, like slide in the DMs. And then <laughs> I, you know, I try to respond to almost all of the messages that I can um, and then if they want to take the conversation deeper and, and get more, you know, kind of like customized coaching on their specific um, situation, then we set up sessions together. So is it like a, is it a couple session? Is it a single? Like it's, I, I mean, so it's, it's either individual or it's couples. Yeah. And if it's couples, I like to do one hour as opposed to 30 minutes. They're usually 30 minutes for a single, um, just because... There's usually so much going on in a relationship that 30 minutes is like a time crunch. Sure. Um, so you don't want to like have one of a secret come up or you don't want, you know, something that some sort of like childhood trauma comes up. And the reason that they're acting a certain way in their relationship or dictating their relationships is because of that at the 30 minute mark. And then it's like, okay, great. Well, good luck. You wow. know, so it's like making sure we have enough time to really dive in. Yeah. To what the thing is, because it's relationships, but it you, most of the time, like in my, this is what I tell my uh, clients all the time, is everything points back to you. Like it is the relationship, and it is how you, you know, relate with somebody else and your intimate relationship with them. But most of the time, it's all about you. Let me ask you this: so, whenever something comes up about having a problem, like whatever it is, um. There has to be reasons why, right? Could it be like, a, uh, like an internal issue? Because it might not always be the partner. 
Right. Right. That's what I say. Like all most most of the time, all the arrows point back at you. Yeah, and so then when when that comes up, like how deep will you go with that? Do you basically have them say like you need to address this? Like let's talk about it, or do you say no, nah, no, nah, they're not ready for that yet. Let's uh, let's come to that later. No, no, no. We we go in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'm not gonna. I'm. That's the other thing is like a couple of my clients tell them I give them a love slap. Like it's this is. This, I want to be as honest and open and direct as I possibly can in a very, very loving way. You know, it's like if they have a hard time, if they've never been able to express their emotions, why? Why are you, why are you too afraid to do that? When was the first time in your life that you felt like that was unsafe? Yeah. Who showed you that that was unsafe? And if you don't heal that and you don't become okay expressing you won't do it. It'll just be a constant cycle regardless of who, whoever your partner is. Same thing, different face yeah. over and over again until you actually heal what's driving you. So there has to be all kinds of trauma involved with that. I mean, we all have trauma. We, we're fucking humans. Yeah. Regar I mean, and yeah, some are, you know, there's sexual abuse or it's just maybe mom wasn't home all the time or dad was working or, yeah. you know, it, it ranges in throughout each person but we all have some sort of, of trauma and that's okay it's just like let's talk about it and become aware of it and see yeah. how we can transcend it and and really start to open up to your fullest potential yeah because if you suppress it, it's going to come out in other ways totally yeah, yeah. just like anything else yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, cool so yeah. so what's like an ideal client like what is it like that you love to see in, in, in your in your practice i love you know sometimes it's it's some of the people who don't really understand the teachings like at all from the get-go and then um, you'll just see them blossom over time and then they start to make connections on their own so we'll you know be in an hour-long session and towards the end of it they're like oh my god this is amazing I've never thought about this thought about <laughs> it like this and I feel so free and like yeah I can't wait to do this and try this and so it's like fun for me to watch people really blossom and and open up yeah. So then when you see the progress being made, what do they report back to you? They say, like, oh, I'm having more sex? Well, it just depends, right? Yeah. It's either, I mean, it's either, hey, I decided to get out of the relationship I never wanted to be in anyways, and I was always too afraid to say something, or we're having m more and better sex because I actually talked about what I wanted to do, or... I finally masturbated or I figured out what I truly want from myself like and, and it ranges from any any form yeah yeah so now that virtual reality is coming out and you see like the the trends you know more online connections right there what it, are you seeing more of that in, in what you're talking to with people like they're basically gravitating more towards connecting online rather than with their spouse to a certain extent, but not too much. Usually the people who are reaching out to me are pretty involved in their relationship. Um, sometimes when it comes to open relationships, they are searching for other connections online. But it really hasn't played too big of a role from what I can see, at least in the people who I've been working with. Yeah. So basically, all these people are really looking for help in their relationship, not necessarily the, the sex thing. So you're basically a relationship guru oh god i don't know if i call myself a guru. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's honestly hard for me because some people say like okay so you're a relationship expert and i'm like uh no nobody is a relationship yeah. expert we're yeah. all trying to figure it out yeah. you know and i'm just here 
to like be a sounding board, be a companion, a confidant, someone who can like call you on your BS if you're trying yeah. to bullshit yourself. Um, and really my goal is one, to get that person down to their truth, like whatever their truth is outside of the fucking relationship. Like what is your truth and what do you really want? And that's how you create the relationship that you desire. But also knowing that we can have any type of relationship. Like there's no, relationships aren't binary. There's yeah. an infinite way of doing relationships and it's whatever you can create, whatever you, you paint the picture for you, not for anyone else. You can be an artist in it, right? Like exactly. That's, that's yeah, cool, yeah. You're that's you're painting your own story and writing your own story, and and that's what makes this so much fun. Yeah, I would imagine that because then you get to hear so many different, and I'm sure you grow from it as well too, right? Oh like, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's neat. I I learn just as much as you know. I feel like they learn too. Cool. So. So going back to your Miss United States days, tell us about that journey. How. How, how, how did you do health during that time? Yeah, that was a... So my entire life I've been basically a tomboy. And I had two older brothers and lived in South Texas. Did every sport I could possibly get my hands on. It didn't matter. I was sailing and surfing and cheerleading and track and soccer and diving. And like it, it just never ended. Whatever I could compete in. Um, and then... You know, I did Miss Corpus Christi Teen USA because a girlfriend of mine called me and said, hey, I'm doing this pageant. I'd love for you to do it with me. And I was like, okay, that sounds weird. So I went and did it with her. It ended up winning somehow when I was 15. And I've always had, speaking of health, like I've always had an extremely athletic body. Like I was just, I, I had a six-pack when I was in sixth grade. I had, like, veins in my arm in sixth grade. Like, my calves have always been huge. I came out as, like, a ninja turtle or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, which is great when you're in sports. And it was also pretty challenging, though, because I never felt like I had a feminine body. And I didn't feel comfortable within my own skin. And I was constantly teased about how manly I looked and how big my shoulders were and whatever. And it was challenging for me. And then I get into the pageant world, and they don't want you, at least at that time. Now I feel like it's, it's transitioning. But at that time, when I was 15, they didn't want me to have that muscle. They wanted me to be very, very feminine. They wanted me to have curves. They wanted the long hair. They wanted, you know, pageant patty. And so during that time, I remember going in for, like, a health consultation or, like, a fitness consultation. And they were telling me I had cellulite in my arms and like, and I was 15 years old and I, I just remember thinking this is so crazy and they had me on all of these diets and I was taking weight loss pills and it was just horrible. Um, so then I went on to Miss Texas Teen shortly later that year and just completely blew it because it was, I was, they were trying to train me into something that I, I wasn't at all. Yeah. And so it was, I was probably extremely awkward and weird to talk to because I was just spitting out whatever I thought people wanted to hear from me, you know? Yeah. Um, Would you recite stuff, like, answers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. you you, ha you know you, your answers, you memorize your answers, you memorize, like, the questions, you know where to look, how to stand, when to smile, when to speak, when to wave, <laughs> like, it's insane. And so then after that, I was like, okay, clearly, this is not for me at all. So, you know, I kept playing sports, I did soccer, I was varsity track and, and soccer and cheerleading, um, and then I started, moved to Austin and went to school at Texas State. 
and a girlfriend of mine called me, and this is when I was 22 at the time, so I hadn't done anything in whatever, what is that, like six years, something like that, yeah. that had anything to do with pageants. She called me and said, hey, Miss Texas is next weekend, I think you should compete. And I was a, pro I was a professional next wake, weekend. next weekend, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I was a professional wake surfer at the time, so I was teaching wakeboarding and I was competing in wake surfing on the lake. That was just I was, all I did. And I was like, yeah, no, for sure not going to do that. And then I was like, for some reason, I feel like I have to do this. And I called her up and said, fine. And I borrowed dress, shoes, heels. I was filling out my bio sheet on the way to Galveston. Um, and made the vow and told myself like I'm going in there as myself and and really holding strong to that and went in there and was talked to the judges and one of the judges was like you seem like such a free spirit why are you doing pageants and I said because of that because I don't want I want if I were to win something like this I want the little girls to look at me and not think that I'm perfect sure you know because I'm far from it yeah. and I'm not sitting here giving you the answers I think you want to hear these are actual genu genuine answers and so I ended up winning Miss Texas and winning the swimsuit of Miss Texas which you know once again very athletic body and they were and so I was going on to Miss United States and they wanted me to get trained they wanted me to um, soften my body yeah. is the term that they used and I said, nope, I'm not going to do it. And went to Miss United States. And I remember one of the judges was like, wow, you're like the only person that has a six-pack. That's great. I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> and ended up winning Miss United States. And That's so, awesome. yeah, it was a, it was, it's a whirlwind. Like, I look back at it as literally a different life of mine. Yeah. But such a cool experience and something that I definitely treasure and something that I realize I got a lot of like lessons from and I think it was partly through that um, journey of me being like no this is who I am and I'm sticking to it and I don't care what anyone's gonna say I'd rather win you know I'd rather lose being myself than win being someone else yeah. when you say they who is they they the pageant world yeah you know like the, the pageant judges. world the judges the coaches the directors the audience the moms the dads the contestants you know it's it's a very talky world. They all came at you, all angles, and said the same thing. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just kind of like a constant thing. I mean, I wasn't like bombarded. You know, it wasn't yeah. like that any means, but it was people talking constantly, always in your ear. That's gotta be like a ear. mind fuck because they're basically telling you like you're pretty, but you need to work on this. You need to work right. on this. You need to change this. And you're just like, look, I showed up. I was on the wakeboard last week. You asked me, you know, like to present myself. This is who I am. Right. And they must have liked it, though, even after that. So you defied the odds, basically went against the grain, and uh, said, this is who I am, and you won. Like, So that's like a moral victory more than anything that's else, right? So now, were, you, <laughs> were you going in there also saying, like, I want the last time I compete to at least be me and not this Yeah, I didn't... It wasn't so much like, this is my last and final chance. It was more like, okay, I have this opportunity. It's been presented to me, cool. and this is the only way that I'm going to do it. You know, this is the only way that feels right for me to do it. So do you have pageant uh, parents calling you up now? You no. Know, you know, I was, like, after that, was going to do coaching for that. Sure. Um, but it was just, like, I'm a little bit too rogue and too rough around yeah. the edges to 
<laughs> yeah, like, you're like yeah, yeah. the rebel coach that yeah. that no one really wants to see. You imagine that that's such a hard like psychological for all these people for for all these. Yeah, you girls, see those TV right? shows, I mean, right? Psychologically, that's got to be really hard for like fifteen and sixteen year old girls, right? Like, oh my god, to go, to absolutely. I couldn't imagine like someone. I mean, in, in sports, like you know, the coach says, "Hey, fix your form or fix this." No one's telling you like you don't look pretty enough, you don't look handsome enough, you need to cut your hair, you need to lose this. You're it's more great. like. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's psychologically just damaging. So you fast forward, you won. What was the the highest thing that you won? Miss United States. Miss United States. And so from there, what did you do next? You said I'm done. From well, you couldn't really compete past that. So it was like that was the top of the top. And so I won that. And then I said, and then once you win something like that, the number one question you get always. And I had just met Aubrey, my now fiance. Um, the number one question you get is, oh my God, is he going to propose to you when you hand your crown over? Because you're not allowed to get married. You're not allowed to be engaged um, wh while you're the reigning queen. And um, I <laughs> was like, insane. no. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't bring a king over. Like. Right. Because then <laughs> you have to do another, there's a whole other pageant, and it's called, it's like the Miss, Miss. Division, yeah. you know. Um, so <laughs> it's, it, it's wild. There's basically a pageant for anything and everything you could think of, like Miss Strawberry Fields of all the fields. Oh, yeah. It's something, you know what I mean? Like, fill in the blank, it has that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I had, that was my number one question, and I was like, no, I don't think so, nor do I even really want that right now. I'm just now 22. I just met him, and no. <laughs> but the thing that I did want to do was I wanted to challenge people and I not only wanted to challenge myself because it was like okay what am I gonna do after this um and that's when I decided to go into combat sports and be the only uh <laughs> national pageant winner to go into combat sports and fight of course. in a cage of course yeah right seems natural right okay so tell us about that so that was a whole that's what it, here's my like second life so that was my <laughs> first life here's my second life um was you know starting to do jujitsu and we Aubrey opened up on it here in town, and we had some fighters that would come through, and I would start doing kickboxing just for fitness reasons, because I just loved staying in shape, and I love mixing up my workouts, and so I started doing that, and then I realized, oh, there's jujitsu, which is where you, you basically fight, you're sparring, you're full-on fighting somebody, but you're not getting hit in the face, Yeah. Um, and so I started doing Brazilian jujitsu, and I fucking hated it it was like <laughs> i can't understand why anybody would want to do this because it's like my feet were bleeding you leave and you can't even move and like there's heavy sweaty dudes all over you and it's like random ugh. and but then it, and i was so confused i was constantly getting my ass kicked all of the time and finally after like two months i was like oh wait a minute it's like human chess so it becomes like this game it's like a very mental game but also very physical and that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to, like, shock everybody. And as I handed my crown over and I said, you know, you have to do this walk, and everyone stands and hands you flowers and cries and whatever. And I was like, and, you know, what's next for Miss United States 2012? You know, she takes an MMA fight. And then half of the crowd was like, yeah, and half the crowd was like, oh. <laughs> it was, like, the funniest thing to witness. Um, so I started training. And started competing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, tournaments and doing really well. I won. I got first place in my very first one by a rear naked choke by submission. And um, kind of just con continued doing that. And then 
decided, okay, we're going to do a uh, boxing was going to be my first. And I was going to fight somebody who was a veteran fighter because I didn't want somebody, to, I didn't want people to think, oh, it's just a beauty queen, so she's bringing in somebody that she can clearly beat up. No, I was going to bring in a veteran who had fought, she had fought eight fights and I had zero. And she'd been trained, she's done MMA, boxing, jujitsu, everything. And so there was a very, very, very good chance that I would get my ass completely handed to me in front of all of my friends and family. And of course, in front of all, you know, the full on it Facebook and <laughs> like our whole social media following, yeah. you know, because we streamed it live. And, and so I ended up going out to Santa Monica and training with Tony Jeffries, who is a, a, a bronze medalist in the Olympics, and did a full fight camp. And... It was really challenging of just getting punched in the face. Can you constantly. yeah? Can you describe like fight camp for people who don't who aren't in the MMA world? It's, it's such a hell. Thing. Yeah, it is hell. At least it was hell for me. I mean, yeah, it was. It was nice that I was in Santa Monica. Yay! But I was also there by by myself, away from all of my friends and family here in Austin. And it's <laughs> you get up and you you work out at least twice a day. Plus, you have to eat really healthy because I also had to do a weight cut. So, and for me, the weight cut wasn't too bad. I walk around at, during that, I had a little bit more muscle on me. I was walking around at like 126, and I had to fight at 117. Um, so you also have to be really conscious about what you're putting into your body, and recovery is huge, and how, you know, how you're just really taking care of yourself because you're breaking your body down. Um, and so most of the days, it's, you know, just hitting mitts with Tony, um, and he's just a savage to where I feel like I'm going to puke every single time. And then it's um, sparring a little bit with somebody. And then I think it was like twice a week. Um, twice or three times a week we did full out sparring with another girl. And it didn't. And they were faster, stronger, and bigger than me. And I would just get... I remember getting hit a few times and being like, whoa. Like the first, like my whole... Which is not healthy and I know this. And I, I do things to help my brain now. But, you know, getting hit and realizing like, damn, that really hurt. And I can't really see you. Oh. You know? But you don't have a choice. You have to keep going. And so one of the things is, okay, you can throw a punch. But how do you react when you get punched in the face? Um, and, and so... And I remember leaving multiple times from the gym just bawling, crying. And it's just like, I don't know why the hell I'm doing this. You know, why? And it was constantly because, you know, you're doing this to inspire people. Sure. This isn't just for you. This is for so many other people. Um, and that's really what kept me going. And that was about three months, three months of that. And there was moments where I, I like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. And all I wanted to do was leave and just kind of like call it quits. And it would, but it was just like, nope, you got to keep going. You just got to wake up. You just got to get to the gym. And I remember getting sick. Most, a lot of the time people get sick during fight camp because it's so extreme and your immune system is just shot. Um, but you also, and I remember having anxiety out of the like wazoo because you're training to go fight somebody. And <laughs> all you think about is fighting this person. As soon as you wake up and you wake up and you're like, oh God, I don't know why. And then you go to the gym and you're like, I got to train harder because what if she, what is she doing over there? And she already knows way more than me. I'm starting off way behind. And, and like the whole mental aspect of it and the visualization and it's, it's just as psychological as it is um, physical. Yeah. And then, so I came back from fight camp. Um, I had Mike Dolce do my weight cut, and I ate about, I ate 
small meals, but I took a lot of vitamin C so I could poop a lot. I had to do um, uh, hot uh, baths to get all of the water weight off. And, I mean, I was in sick shape. Yeah. Like, what day of weigh-in, I was just, like, shredded, you know? <laughs> um, but I was ready to eat anything and everything. Yeah, and what, is, yeah what does it feel like? I mean, you're working out so heavy and then also eating a caloric deficit. You just must feel like... I constantly want all of the food and the yeah. energy must be whacked. Like that's just such an extreme. Yeah. It was gnarly. Yeah. Plus you're like I said, like psychological, like you, like you have anxiety. So then you're thinking, yeah. fuck, I should just go run. Cause I gotta make sure my cardio is up, you know? <laughs> and like, it's just never ending. It never <laughs> ends. Yeah. Um, and then, but really, really it was, it was one of the hardest, but also one of the most exciting and awesome things that I've ever done. And I remember just, you know, talking to Aubrey the night before and going through the visualization and going through, you know, what happens if you do get knocked out. And I, my plan was if I get knocked out, I'm just going to raise my hand and I know that everyone's going to fucking cheer for me. You know, like, that's all I'm going to do. And he's like, you have to realize that just getting into the ring, like you getting into the ring is such a huge accomplishment that you just need to focus on that. And then anything that happens after that bell rings is okay. Because you went through the entire process, you had to deal with all of the emotions, you had to deal with the physical um, aspect of everything, and you just getting into the ring as a former Miss United States is is huge accomplishment. And so I'm like, I'm in the, I can't believe it, it's like actually happening, and I'm in the, the <laughs> locker room. And this girl hated me, by the way. Like, hated Why? Me. Still hates me. Why? Because she thinks I'm, you know, uh, a little pageant girl who's stuck up. We could not be more different. I mean, it's, it's all on YouTube. Like, we did a full YouTube series where she's interviewed, I'm interviewed. Like, the juxtaposition of us, are, it's just we're completely different people. And I'm this snooty, stuck, snuck up pageant girl <laughs> who doesn't take MMA or boxing or anything seriously. Yeah. Um, she said, you know, stay, stay out of my you know, stay out of my ring or something, you don't belong here, you're disrespectful to the sport, which is like, okay, um, and so she fucking hated me, and so that, like, heightened everything, right, and, um, and we went out there, and it was an exhibition, so we didn't necessarily have judges, but we had people scoring to see how we were doing, and I beat her every single round, and I was like, uh-huh, so you didn't take, it, you didn't take me seriously, like, Sure. First and foremost, I am a competitor, yep. and I will make sure I do whatever I need to do to win. I don't fucking like losing. I don't do it. So you can look at me as, like, a little pageant girl, but, like, you got to take me seriously. And I remember the hardest part, or not the hardest part, but a lot of fighters will say this, too, is walking the walkout. Is it is the most challenging because that's when all of the nerves are going. Yeah. And, that's, and I remember telling Aubrey, like, don't, you can't touch me because I was already very emotional, and he's, like, my comfort. Um, and so, like, I couldn't have him touch me because I, I would, like, well up with tears. Like, that's how, you know, heightened everything was for me. And I had, like, a fun song that I put on, and I walked out, and I got in there and was like, okay. And after round one, my coach goes, does she hit hard? And I go, nope, because she, she didn't hit me hard. And that's when I knew, like, okay, you're going to be okay regardless. You know, yeah. like, she could beat you up, but, like, she's not going to knock you out, so that's good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it, it was just such a fun and really cool experience. And then um, from there, I started doing commentating for kickboxing. And that was my dream job. I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to do sports broadcasting. And it's just like, 
That's cool. Yeah. I want to back up for a second. You mentioned something about um, doing something for your brain, right? Because, mm -hmm. and I imagine that's nutrition based. What do you What do you do for your brain? I was doing intranasal glutathione. Okay. A lot. Um, four squirts in each nostril four times a day. Um, also taking Alpha Brain. Um, and I feel like what else was I doing? Those were the main things. But it was important. I knew that I needed to take extra precaution because I was taking hits to the head <laughs> and having headaches. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And so now do other fighters do regimens like that with like mm -hmm. intranasal? Yeah, and a lot of people now are not sparring as hard. They're realizing that TBI is a, is a really serious thing. Yeah. Um, so people aren't sparring as much as they used to or going as hard in sparring. But yeah, a lot, there's, they have now a TBI protocol. Um, and through on it also one of our doctors is doing a whole um, book based on TBI and recovery for the brain. Yeah. So it's, it's super important, not only for you know, people in sports, but just in general. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what we see that all the time. So it's like now you're speaking our language, right? Yeah. Because we see, like, remember we we're talking about the inflammation and all that stuff. It's the same thing here. And mm -hmm. it's funny that you mentioned glutathione because when you said it before with your IV, I was like, okay, she knows what she's talking about because you said I want glutathione like right away. Mm -hmm. Like so, that's uh, that's cool. The uh, the nutritional approach. I'm always fascinated with athletes now because with athletes you can just basically tell them this is gonna make you better and they'll do anything, right? But yeah. then everyone thinks about nutrition as like steroids, anabolic stuff and all that. But I'm like, no, there's a lot of people out there who are doing a lot of like just straight up vitamins and supplementation mixed in with like a diet, right? Yeah. So like, what's your diet like? Like even to right now? My, I do what I call keto-ish. Like yeah. I don't <laughs> stick to anything really um, strictly. Yeah. So, but I do try to eat whole foods and if it comes from the earth I'm going to eat it and but every once in a while I like I like to go crazy and eat ice cream and marshmallows sure. I love marshmallows and like <laughs> every once in a while one yes yeah. like that's your thing uh, yes marshmallows. <laughs> marshmallows that's awesome you're yeah. so good you're the first person I know that's like all about marshmallows it's mm -hmm. badass yeah <laughs> I love popcorn too like oh popcorn. I love popcorn like I'll go to the movies and I will to the movie theater and grab popcorn and just walk out like not go to the movie. No way! <laughs> I've never heard anyone that. That's hilarious. With the butter? Well, because it's different. You're, you don't do the butter though anymore. What do movie theater? Do you have like a specific one? You go see like Susan. Like sometimes I'll be theater? walking, like I'll be walking on South Lamar, and I'm like, oh, there's Alamo, and I was like, I'm gonna walk in there and grab some popcorn. And well, what do I, what is it, Cinemark? <laughs> Cinemark or AMC, one of them does, like, if you buy one of the large tubs, you get a free refill. So one of my friends in high school, we would always go see movies together, and she'd be like, oh, let me save the tub. And she would go, like, in the middle of the week to get her free refill because they have whatever that they That's fill out awesome. on the bottom. That tub yeah. that's just, like, says, this big. Yeah. <laughs> see, I don't like put put the butter, but I like to put Tabasco sauce on it. Damn! Or I'll just pour a bunch of jalapenos. You know how they have this. And I'll just eat jalapenos and it's the best. This is you gotta amazing. try this. I'm gonna try this. You know what I really like? I also love mac and real. I love mac and cheese, but I really love anything with noodles, like breads and pastas and gluten and like mm, all the I just carbs. Love it. all the carbs. But macaroni and cheese and ketchup is my jam. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh god. Lee. I had it last night. That's so cool. Should you do, should you do uh, like catch it with eggs then? No, just mac and thing. cheese. Just mac and cheese. <laughs> All right, that's cool. I've, I've never heard that one before. That's badass. 
I also like to do um, intermittent fasting. Though. <laughs> On I'm top a, of all that. Yeah. In between the mac and cheese and in the ketchup. In between the mac and cheese. I do love some intermittent fasting, so I won't <laughs> eat breakfast usually. And if I do, I'll have like a coffee with some healthy fats. Yeah. Um, What's long as you fasted? In what way? I've done like a 10-day juice cleanse, but as far as like fasting, fasting? Yeah, like have you ever done like a straight up like water fast or anything no. like that? No, no, I've heard some really good things about it. I don't think I have the self-control to do it. I have to, like, go to a facility to do it. Like, even with my cleanse. Like, I can't even do it. I've tried 14 times or something to do, like, a three-day juice land cleanse. And it's like, ugh, 4 p.m. What can I eat? You're just dreaming of marshmallows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, he, but, did a, he did a six-day. Well, I do it every quarter now. Oh, wow, that's amazing. That's really good. Yeah, and he made me do it. Well, he didn't make me, but I did it the second time with him. And, uh, just on your own, like here in town. Yeah. Wow. It's coming up again. No, they literally, like, the two of them March. did one together last time, and we were in here recording a podcast talking about food, and they were on like day four of their fast or something. I was like, what are well, you Well, all guys? we wanted to talk about was food. Well, it, it was right in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and, yeah. and everything was talking about food, but we would crave like everything. Like, I was craving potato skins and like mm. carbs. And we went, like, the night before the fast ended to go to H-E-B and just, like, stroll down the aisles. And, like, what are we going to get? What are we going to get? And uh, the next day, I cooked, like, hash browns and, like, tortillas and all this stuff. And, they, and I was just, like, doing this. They're like, you better stop, like, right now because your stomach is just going to swell. Oh, up. Yeah, because you ate, like, ten tacos. And I was like, how, <laughs> I was that's craving. not how you break a fast. I hadn't eaten in a week. And I was like, I'm so hungry. I don't give a shit. Four tacos for dinner last night, and that wasn't to break a fast. <laughs> they didn't have that much meat in them, though. Be all fair. They didn't have that much meat in them. Be all fair, but I did feel like shit for the next like five hours after that fast when I ate all the carbs, like because my stomach was just out to here. I bet. Yeah, it was worth it though. I mean, it was pretty tasty. It was pretty damn tasty. That was also a test. So what does your training look like now? Like, are you working towards any competitions, or are you doing... Like, no, what's... now is, like, the first time in my life that I don't necessarily have, like, a physical uh, goal, other than just trying to stay healthy. I'm doing a lot more yoga. I used to never do yoga, ever, because I am too hyperactive of a person, and I'm like, <laughs> like a crackhead in yoga. Um, but now... Um, now I'm doing like classes, so I do weights, um, I do yoga, like I said, I walk the trail a bunch, um, and it's starting to be summer, so I'll get back out on the lake, I'll be on the lake all the time, and that's a really great workout too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm usually doing something active at least five days a week. Sweet. So let's go forward once again to relationships and love and all that so at some point did you decide i'm gonna go get like a coaching certificate or or was it just because you were talking to so many people about yeah you know because our my relationship with aubrey was so public you know it was something that we talked about a lot um that we were constantly getting hit up for relationship advice and it was just like all the time and we were getting asked to be on podcasts all the time and it was just it got to a point of where i was like, clearly, this is something that people want, um, and I just speak from my personal experience, and I, first and foremost, say that I'm not necessarily a proponent for open relationships or unconventional relationships. I want somebody to do whatever it is that they want, like, create your own relationship. If that's white picket fits monogamy, great. If that's polyamory with 17 girlfriends and boyfriends, then great, do it, whatever makes you happy, um, and then anything in between. And so it just got to a point of like, you know what, clearly this is something and this is the way that I can help and I can spread as much love and, um, 
And so I just, I was I had my dream job of working for Glory Kickboxing. And I was traveling all over the world commentating for kickboxing. And it truly was my dream job. And I absolutely loved the people that I worked with. I mean, we're still super close friends. Um, and I made the decision. I was like, I was actually interviewing somebody at Madison Square Garden in, in the ring, one of the world champs. And I remember thinking to myself, why am I telling your story when I have a story to tell? And that and that was the moment that I realized it was now time to live life number three. <laughs> and I made the move to quit that job, which was actually really challenging for me, a really hard decision to make. Um, and I made, I ended up quitting and completely diving into offering, you know, advice basically and coaching and, and helping people navigate the world of love, sex, and relationships through how I've learned. That's awesome. So is this your calling? Yeah, for sure. That's cool. One thousand percent. I mean, it's like, I'm surprised, honestly, by how successful it's been already. Um, I've thrown an event with Dr. Wednesday Martin, who wrote the book Untrue, and we had two events that were completely sold out, and we got incredible feedback from that here in Austin, and now the next one will probably be in New York, and then L.A., and Miami, um, I have a book in the works now, and I'm starting a podcast of my own with Dr. Wednesday Martin, so it's going to be us two talking about love, sex, and relationships, and it's like you said, like, I really want people to, I don't want the stigma, I'm tired of the stigma, you know, like, let's talk about this open and freely, and, and like I said earlier, I want people to live their truth in whatever way that means. Why do you think you were able to figure that out for yourself? Like, so many people are blocked with whatever that it is that they come to you with. Like, do you just think because you were kind of a rebel in other facets of your life with the pageant thing, with whatever else, do you think that just kind of translated over to your relationships? Or did to something happen? To a bit. Happen? Yeah, to a bit. You know, mm -hmm. growing up, my parents always told me, well, Whitney's going to do what she wants to do. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I can't take anyone's, uh, like, word for it. I just want to know. I want to I wanna figure it out on my own. And so that I just always kind of had that idea behind it. Um, and then I met Aubrey, and he actually was the one who presented being in an open relationship. And I had always been extremely alpha in all of my other relationships and extremely jealous. So I was the one that was cheating, but I was actually telling them that they were cheating. And I was the one that was going through the phones. And I was, you know, but the how normal is that in relationships? And to me, that was fucking crazy. Like, that is not how relationships should be. And... I would also be the person that was, I would wake up next to whoever I was dating and be like, oh, I'm, like, you're great, but I'm bored. And it was just like, I would have to end the relationship or I would cheat. Um, and so I met Aubrey and we were monogamous for two years. And then he presented being in an open relationship because we started reading Sex at Dawn um, and kind of having that conversation on an intellectual level only, um, which is something that I recommend to anybody who's wanting to try an unconventional relationship is talk about it on an intellectual level, read books, listen to podcasts without the pressure of actually doing anything at first, like just have the conversation. And a lot of the times just having the conversation is like a pressure valve. You don't even have to act on it. It's just like, let's chat about it. Um, and so he brought that up to me and I said, absolutely not. Hell no. Like you're fucking crazy. And I'm out. So I moved out of our house, and I went on a three-month backpacking trip by myself. And during that time, I, um, I was actually in fight camp there, too, in Thailand. So I was in a full Thai Muay Thai fight camp, which was mayhem, too. Um, 
but one of the coaches there is just incredibly sexy. And, like, I that was the moment that I realized, holy shit, I can still be so in love with Aubrey and still actually truly want that relationship, but still find this guy really attractive and have fun. And it doesn't take any any sort of love away from Aubrey because I'm enjoying somebody else. Um, so then I moved back here. I came back to Austin three months later, and because I got dengue fever in, in Bali after my 10-day <laughs> cleanse. Oh. On the 10th day of my juice cleanse, I started having symptoms, and then it was like... I'll get you shredded. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> it was horrible. And um, came back, and he was like, I still really want to be with you. And I said, I still really want to be with you, so let's figure this out. And I think it was just, for me, I wanted to know what it was like. And being in an unconventional relationship brings up all of your fears, all of your insecurities, all of your past traumas, like it, and it brings it up constantly with a magnifying glass. You don't have a choice to not look at your shit. And that's why I think, you know, because I was like, okay, I'm constantly looking at myself. I'm constantly looking at myself. Oh, great, I'm jealous here. Why am I jealous? Where does that come from? What does this come from family? Does this come from past relationships? Does this come from trauma? And it's just like never ending to where now for me one of the coolest things about being on this journey was that I honestly feel like being in an open relationship made me a better person. Like it made me not only a better lover, but a better like girlfriend, a better daughter, a better like human overall because I'm dealing with a lot of my own crap. It's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of self-reflection. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But do you feel like a lot of it's been lifted off of you? Do you feel like you have been cleansed a little bit? You're like, I feel more comfortable oh, now. A thousand. I'm, like I said, I'm a better human. Like, I was a horrible girlfriend back in the day. <laughs> I was horrible. Like, I was, I was jealous. And I would, like I said, go through all the phones and it's just like, I realize now where all that was coming from and I've been able to do my best to cleanse and that doesn't mean that emotions still don't arise and that doesn't mean that jealousy still doesn't arise but it's like, I'm more aware of it. I know where it comes from, you know, instead of just like being a puppet on a string. Yeah. Damn. That's badass. I am fascinated with everything you just said because you basically have done a little bit of everything. So where the hell do you go from here? <laughs> I mean, well, like you said, you know, is this my calling? Yeah, this is my calling. So my calling is to help people live their truth, whatever that truth is. And so that's speaking. I have a bunch of speaking engagements coming up. I have that book. I have this podcast. And it's really just like spreading the message of do you. Like you can really do you. And it doesn't matter what your family says or what your friends say or what society says. Like this is your life and how badass of a playground you have. So go enjoy it. So this is like a mission now. Yeah. That's badass. That's cool. Thanks. I mean, you probably have more passion behind this than all the other shit you've done. For sure. For sure. It's just more me than any... And I've, I don't know if I would have ever gotten to this place without constantly, you know, trying yeah. to challenge myself and figure out new things and try on this and try on that and, and not just settle. You know, yeah. like I always had big dreams and I can't... There was just this nagging feeling inside me that if I didn't... If I don't do it then I'm just going to be asking, like, well, what if? Yeah. Yep. It's like a constant getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. It's, and it's like, it's even, it's like a, 
pushing your edges, you know? So it's like creating a, another, like a bigger comfort zone. So you're getting to your edge and you're seeing like, oh shit, what's that? You know, like, let me see if I can do it. Oh, okay, actually, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to jump off. And then you're like, what's the next thing? What's the yeah. next thing? You know, and it's like expanding what you, you're capable of doing in your life. For me, it's like, right here. for me, it's like I get to that edge and I'm like, I want to do a handstand there. <laughs> that's amazing right? <laughs> like enjoy that little edge because that's, that's my favorite part like, yeah. <laughs> um, god damn it. <laughs> life's work. That's, I love how Baldo takes something like super philosophical and nice and then brings handstands but that's philosophy <laughs> that is right <laughs> like, I mean, that's a let's play for something that. right let's play with that for a little bit see what we can do with it turn yeah. life upside down right yeah turn um, the world upside down sweet well think it's about that time to wrap up although we can probably talk for some more but I, know. Uh, I was laughing because it's it is really hard to get you two speechless and what, what you were sharing with us today clearly like <laughs> i was thinking that too this is probably the first time that i have not said more than like 30 words in any of our podcast because i'm just like cool tell me more yes it's a topic that <laughs> is like people are fascinated by and completely triggered by you know yeah. and it's also just like it can go on for hours and hours sure. and hours, and it, it's just so much fun. Like I, I love it. Yeah, but your energy is contagious. Oh, that's nice. the thing about it, right? Because <laughs> I mean, you. you know how hard it is for somebody just to present themselves to someone, let alone like say, okay, on top of this is really who I am. Oh yeah, by the way, I also have this, and I have all this other shit and baggage that goes along with me. But I'm cool with it. Are you? Yeah. To have that self confidence takes years of like all kinds of shit to basically get to that point. And we're still working on it, right? Because you're still working on us every day, right? Every you're day. You, you're not an expert because you're saying, I'm still trying to figure it out I'm myself. still learning. Yeah. I, there's always new layers to uncover constantly. Like, I don't know if I if you ever get to a place of being like, ha, figured it all out. <laughs> like, what? No, you didn't. There's always something there. Yeah. It's Done. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like you showed me with the, that yoga video you showed me yesterday, that guy balancing on one hand. Yeah. Going back and forth, and he was doing, like, basically, like, Switching from one hand to handstand. Yeah, over hand. and over again. And he's like, I'm not there yet, but I'll get there one day. There he'll probably be like a seven-year-old man by the time he gets it, but he'll be able to do it, right? Yeah, it's that mindset of like always learning something. So if you see something and saying, oh, no, I can't do that, it's thinking instead, I can't do that, to how can I learn to do that? Well, yeah, and for me, it's usually like, how long does, is it going to take for me to do that? You know, yeah. I can't wait to... Because you chip at it. Well, because I love the process. Like Part of the reason I love like you know Ironmans and stuff like that is... I love the training because then, or else you wouldn't do it, right? You wouldn't right. do it. And the medal, it's whatever. Like, it's not like I'm going to win the whole thing. Maybe. But yeah. that's not why I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. like, uh, Greg Popovich, my, I, I love, he's Spurs I'm sure are my you're favorite a Spurs team. fan, right? You got to be a Spurs fan. Maybe. You uh, might be Houston. I'm not much of a, like, basketball fan, to be honest. Okay. Fair. Well, Fair. Football. Well, all right. Well, Popovich has this quote in the locker room that it's called Pounding the Rock. And what it is, is like, you're not going to break a, a, a boulder with one hit you have mm -hmm. to sit there and just constantly hammer it until one day you start cracking and then one day it finally breaks yeah so it's like that same mentality it's like meditation grounding nutrition diet working out whatever it's like these little seeds that you'll plant and then one day at the end something grows and for most people they never even plant that seed mm-hmm yeah, I mean that you're you're getting the most out of life, and I think that's what's contagious about it, right? Because yeah. no one would tell you when you can't do that shit. You're like, oh yeah, you want to see? Yeah. All right, well, just watch, and then yeah. it's like, boom, you did it. And you're like, well, what else? Or can I at least tried it, right? At least that's the thing. It's like maybe I didn't do it, but it's like I fucking tried. Yeah. It feels like you have the unique ability not to fear failure. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I definitely still have that fear. Like, I can't yeah. pretend that I've, like, transcended fear by any means. But, yeah, there's a part of me that's, like, it, I know how important failure is. Like, it's, it, it's a very important thing in your life. And it's also that thing, too, right, where, like, people might get worked up about a certain scenario in their head, like, oh, my God, you know, dumb example, but I want to ask this person out. What, 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 oh, my God, I'm so worried. Like, what happens? And literally the worst that can happen is they say no when you move on. Right. You know, so you kind of seem to approach everything in your life like that. Well, the worst that, hap that happens is I lose this fight, and then the fight's over. And like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the time, you know, in martial arts, they say you don't, there's no failing. You never fail. You only learn. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it's like... Yeah, maybe I, I did get knocked out, but how much did I learn about myself through that entire process? And then it even comes to relationships, right? That's one thing that people will say, oh, it was a fucking waste of my time, or that relationship no. failed, or I was a failure. It's like, no, actually, not at all. That relationship wasn't a failure in the slightest. You probably learned something from that, or I can almost guarantee you learned something about yourself, or something about what you what you want or don't want, which means it's not a complete failure by any means. Yeah, I, I can easily translate that to business because you'll ask all the, the big-time CEOs and entrepreneurs and say, how do you become successful? Make the right decisions. How do you make the right decisions? Experience. How do you get experience? By making the wrong decisions. <laughs> right. So that's right. I mean, every... Every ex-relationship I had, they'd be like, you know, it's like, this was a waste of time. Four years here, a year here, two years, whatever. It's like, no. Because I took something that, and I think there's already like a this predestined path that you have with every person you meet. Mm -hmm. Whether it's for 30 seconds or 30 years, you're there for a reason because you're going to help me learn more about myself. And it's not selfish. It's just true. It's because you grow and evolve as you get older. If you're the same person you were five years ago... You're not doing something right. You don't want to be the same person you were five years ago. Exactly. Like, do something today that will change the the path of your life, even if it's just something slight. Like, try a new activity. Take a music class. To ask that girl out on a date. Go do a new workout. Come get an IV. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I like that last one. Yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good way to yeah. you, Call a relationship coach. There we go. Speaking <laughs> of, speaking of, so how do, how do people find you? Yeah, so you, um, you can find me on Instagram. And like I said, I try to respond to all of the DMs I possibly can. And it's at wit in love, W-H-I-T-N, the letter N, L-O-V-E. Um, and then you can email me also at WhitneyInLove at gmail.com and, and we can dive into that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I want to thank Lovita too because she, uh, she, great job, Lovita. she did a great, great job. Yeah. Hey, I do got to say, um, you got to be a fan of H-E-B, right? H-E-B? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. She's Texan. Come on. <laughs> she's Corpus. She's Texan. Like, she's in Corpus. <laughs> <laughs> I just always had to... We just they got marshmallows to... there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have like Central Market, H-E-B, Organic... Marshmallows that are probably See, badass. I like just the straight up this marshmallows. Like, I don't want the healthy <laughs> marshmallows. If I'm freaking eating marshmallows, I want the legit Straight out the back, the big ones? Oh, yeah. The big ones right there? Yeah. All right, next time I eat one, I'll think. Hill Country Fair. Yeah. That was the old one. So, I guess the lesson of today is create your path and eat marshmallows. And eat marshmallows, eat marshmallows when you yes. can. Yeah. Don't pass them up. <laughs> Sweet.